name is Campbell Austin. This is the Austin Campbell Show, and I will be reading and analyzing a short passage from the Giller Prize-nominated book, The Boys in the Trees, by Mary Swan. In short, this book is an intense, intricate, and haunting fiction of a married man accused of embezzlement who commits an unthinkable crime that rocks an entire township, and lots is revealed about him and the rest of his family throughout the book. I am going to begin reading the passage from The Boys in the Trees. Relax. Listen. And then he was running through the long grass, wiping out the blood that made it hard to see, but not slowing, still running. The roaring fell away behind, and he knew that meant his father would turn on one of the others, that his mother would step into the worst of it, but he didn't care. At that moment, he didn't care. Still running when he reached the edge of the wood, dodging the whips from the spindly first trees, leaping and tripping over the fallen, rotten trunks, running and running toward the dark heart of it, not even slowing, not thinking when he saw the low, curved branch, jumped and pulled with his thin arms, climbed like an animal, bare toes gripping, until he was up where everything swayed and whispered, green leaves all around. He wiped at his face again and felt the way his eye was swelling shut, tried to quiet his gasping breath. He didn't know what had brought the sudden kick, the fist to the head, but it wasn't worth wondering about. There was rarely a reason that anyone would recognize. He would have to go back, he knew that, but he knew that if he waited long enough, his father would have worn himself out with a thick leather strap, the leg of the broken chair, would have collapsed onto the bed like one of those mossy fallen trees, battered knuckles trailing over the side. His shirt was so thin it was like nothing at all, and the rough bark scratched at his back where he leaned. He was well below the top of the tree, but he could still see the whole world, see the long waving grass that had closed behind his escape, the green furred higher fields, the tilting cottage with a needle-thin spire of smoke rising. He could see the rutted track curving away to the village, another clump of trees in the slate roof and highest windows of Bray Manor. When he turned his head a little, there was a smudge of dark blue that he thought might be the sea. Days away and beyond that, he didn't know, only that it would have to be someplace better. Through the use of literary lenses, analysis of characters, and other details, I will dive into this first paragraph of the book. First off, the first thing that came to my mind was connecting this paragraph to the time period this book was set in, some point in the 19th century. Now it is obvious that William, the boy running through the woods in this passage, is running from his brute of a father who obviously takes all of his anger on anyone within his line of sight, which even includes his wife. When analyzing this through the historic lens, this is a completely normal turn of events for a 19th century family. In the 19th century, it was not uncommon for the breadwinner, typically the man of the house, to get upset by any major or minor detail and release his anger on his children, typically the boy or his wife. We live in a time that if you're a child and ran away from home, you would be in a lot of trouble and possibly if you were gone long enough, the police may start looking for you. But in this boy's day and age, it was also common for boys to go out and play in the fields or wander in the woods for hours until they know dinner's ready. You could also very quickly look at the archetypal lens, analyzing both the father and the boy. The father is the cliche abusive parent who seems to be in any main character struggles in any book or any movie. And the boy is that rebel, or possibly even the innocent archetype. Since there is no background as to why he is being abused by his father, it is hard to tell whether or not he's really deserving of it, or if he's just along for the ride. 
When looking through the Marxist lens, there is a good possibility there is a division of class within their society, as he refers to being able to see the top windows of Bray Manor, which represents a richer family amongst families with shacks and cottages. To continue with another topic, an aspect of this passage that makes it so intriguing to me is the diction used throughout the paragraph. The first example is when she says, The roaring fell away behind, and he knew that meant his father would turn on one of the others. Instead of just saying the yelling from his dad to get back so I can beat him, she used the roaring to emphasize the feeling the boy is having when running away, almost as if he is running away from a monster. Another example that made me smile was when he turned his head a little, there was a smudge of dark blue, obviously referring to the sea, but smudge is just a different way of putting it. Uh, it's much different from a word like puddle or little drop that some other authors may use to describe what he's seeing. That is all the time I have today, but come back for my second paragraph and my personal opinion on whether or not this is a good book to read or not, but it has my thumbs up so far. I'll see you next time.